Welcome back to another fine episode of Everything and Nothing. Uh, my name is Chris. This is my guest host, Charlie. I don't know. Try that over again. Start over again. Welcome back to another fine episode of Everything and Nothing. My name is Chris. This is my host, Charlie. I'm Charlie. And today's special guest is you. It's us. It's both of us. It's together. We, look, every now and again, Charlie and I need to sit down without the extra bullshit. Because nobody responded to our request to be a guest this week. But, yeah. So we're going to have a conversation with just Chris and I after these short messages. Hi, you may know me. My name's Zandig, singer for the Fist Mitts. And when I need high-quality stickers for cheap and quick, I go to StickerNinja.com. From classic bumper stickers to sticker business cards, they got what you need to promote your band or business. These full-color, waterproof, UV-resistant stickers are tough enough to last through the band's breakup to the reunion tour with free domestic shipping. And right now, you can use the code SPR10 and get 10% off your order. Go to StickerNinja.com and support your locals today. Thursdays at 11 p.m. to midnight. Bridge City Passages with DJ Sag. This is a love letter to the city. Thursday nights at 11 p.m. One full hour of local music, artists and bands from Portland and the Pacific Northwest playing curated sounds from local musicians and underappreciated Portland talent. The greatest town in the country. Trip City. Thursdays at 11 p.m. to midnight. With DJ Sag, Bridge City Passages on Shady Pines. Bridge City Passages. But if, if, if you, you want to be, be a guest, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You go ahead, Charlie. You oh, you had I that. Saying, I, I did not expect it. Uh, if you wanted to be a guest, you could hit us up uh, on our email or Facebook or Instagram. Anywhere that you just search everything and nothing. That's where we are. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> are everywhere. And nowhere. Uh, and, you know, just because we're, I was thinking about it, I'm looking right here at our email uh, inbox. Uh, that's uh, everything and nothing 2020 at hotmail.com. And I'm just, I'm just skimming through. And I see not a single thing from any listeners. We. <laughs> And and everything from uh, just you know just ads and stuff basically. So please rectify this. Send us a send us an email. You know, kind of like kind of like your uh, if you've got an ant that's been shut inside for a long time that you never write to, right? We're going for the same <laughs> level of guilt right now. Fucking, <laughs> and we we will be just as petty. And, and you know you will not want to hear what we have to tell you but because <laughs> then you call and then it's nothing but like well I went to the doctors and you know your uncle well he broke his ankle you know oh see you, at least that had like a twist to it <laughs> I see what you did there uh, That's uh, uh. <laughs> uh. 
fuck me, guys. All right, look. Yeah. We... We've only got a few things we really uh, want to talk about. That's because Charlie has just pissed me off at Disney in a whole new way. Just, just open up a whole new world of ways I could be pissed off at people that go to Disney. Apparently, on a what? How often do you guys go to Disney? Uh, I mean, me personally, I haven't been since I was like fourteen. Oh, okay, cool. I've got I've got like a boss that goes or had a boss uh, that goes every year with her family. Yeah. And I bet they do the thing you're you described to me. What is it called again? Oh, so th- this thing is uh, is called Disney bounding. And um, See, I kept trying to I was like in pair bonding. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I was reading up on it. So apparently this uh, woman uh, is a fashion blogger. In fact, I could, I could show you. Uh, we'll we'll take a look at it. Um, this woman's a fashion blogger, and she she thought of this as the new wave of cosplay. So, uh, looking at the terms of the, the the guidelines of Disney, you are allowed to wear a costume. But her whole idea uh, is that you you dress up kind of in a fashion forward Disney outfit that represents a character but mm-hmm. isn't like overtly the costume. So can you guess from this who this might be? Right. Is this a... Uh, uh, I mean, with the bright blue, I'm feeling it's um, Cinderella. Uh, this is Princess Jasmine from Aladdin. Oh, okay. So you kind of have the, the jewel thing. She, I don't know. She had the, the you know, the chiffon wrap or whatever. Uh, this is a great, this is Alice in Wonderland. That's an Alice, yeah. And, you know, I love, it's just, and so it's about more uh, finding these pieces and putting them together than uh, uh, than buying an actual costume. Because it, you are allowed to wear a costume, but you can't uh, then take photos with other guests, and you can't sign autographs as that character, because they'll, they'll have to, like, pay you. <laughs> essentially. Right. Somebody or, has to be the official guest or, on, and if you're not on the books, it ain't you. Exactly. Uh, so, anyway, um, she the idea was she was going to Disney soon, so she was literally Disney-bound, and so she, then she came up with this, and this was, like, the, the bashful look. Get the bashful fit, you know? Yeah. The Judy Hopps drip right here from Zootopia, which I, I think the 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 hat is like. Where do you find that hat specifically? Target. Yeah, probably. Uh, and then this character, which is, I don't know what that is. Is that some kind of duck? Is it a grebe or something? Oh, what is that movie where Alan Tudyk is a chicken? Well, that one is, see, that's an excellent movie. That's uh, Moana, because Alan Tudyk is a treasure, and I love him so much. Uh, this is from Finding Dory. She's the Becky? I don't know. I, I never saw Finding Dory. Oh, I did. Uh, yeah, no one's ever going to remember that character, though. So this is a weird yeah. thing to, to Disney bound. But okay. Yeah, this is, I mean, here's out. This, this is Snow White. That's a little bit more. On the nose. Mm-hmm. I love this Oliver and Company one. Uh, right, that's sick though. Right? Because underrated, but one of my favorite Disney movies. Oh, absolutely. Oliver and Company is fantastic. And this one's like directly just the cut the outfit. You know, you're just not a mouse. Right. So. Uh Han Solo, Chewbacca. Right, and that was the thing I was thinking was that now people have a whole new, like, section of things available to them because Star Wars and X Men are both part yeah, of the exactly. Disney yeah. universe now. Uh, yeah, and 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 soon, um, well, I mean, yeah, they have tons of they have tons of IP. Disney just buys them up. Roger Rabbit, I like that one. Anyway, so, but I think this ties into a whole thing because, you know, there, there's a group, as you said, as you mentioned with your coworker that goes every year. 
there's a group of huge Disney fans, the Disney Disney adults, which is, I mean, it's a hobby, I, and I I can understand getting into stuff like that. Uh, and there's even a larger idea here of just people who are fans, like rabid fans of different things. We, I mean, yeah. they, they exist in every. Uh, but anyway, so uh, the reason we were talking about this. Uh, was because I was up at Mopop and I was at uh, oh well, this is this is this I was at the Disney Heroes of Villains uh, Art of the Disney Costume exhibit, which has right. all these like even either reproductions or or prop models or sometimes the original costumes of these uh, you know. F- popular live-action Disney movies. So there's Gaston from the recent live-action remake. Yeah, Have you seen is... the new Beauty and the Beast? Yes. So Was many times. good? Yes. Because it's Beauty okay. and the Beast, and it's not... It can't ever be bad. But actually, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, first off, Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney movie, and uh, I don't know. And then, and then putting... Emma in it, Emma Watson. She's a treasure. Uh, it's got Kevin Klein in it as her dad. Wait, why is Beauty and the Beast your favorite? Uh, because it's about uh, reading and and stories and uh, redemption. I don't know. It's it's a really beautiful story. Uh, there's a lot of classical versions of it that are awesome and and. But the, I think the music, like Alan Menken, Howard Shore, they they kill it. It's I think that's that's who did it. Thomas, don't quote me on that. But uh, yeah, it's like the music is just is beautiful. Um, yeah, Alan Menken definitely he did. Uh, a ton of music around that time. He, I mean, he did uh, Little Mermaid as well. Um, it's it's like that's the movie uh, that I like always remember in my childhood. Like, I know it, I, the the Lion King is also amazing, right? In my yeah. in my opinion, I love Hamlet, so it's a retelling of Hamlet. I love that. Um. And the live action remake, or quote unquote live action, <laughs> it's the CGI remake. It's all CGI. Yeah, they they call them the Disney live actions. It's not a single real animal in that whole movie. <laughs> There's no humans. They had real fucking lions. That would be live action, and that would be sick. And I would watch that. <laughs> they don't even need to sing- train lions to talk. No, but that's it. I would just watch the lions. Like <laughs> they don't need to do anything. Just like check out that fucking lion, dude. That's sick. The Discovery Channel exists. I know, I know, but they're they're all about fucking sharks. Yeah, fuck Shark Week. Where's Lion Week? (laughs) Why the fuck do sharks get a week anyway? What is with that? Do we know why Shark Week exists? Why are they the animal that gets a week out of my fucking year every year for people to go ape shit over? Tasmanian devils are a thousand times more adorable. As this is true. What about quokkas? Why don't quokkas get a week? I might not know what that is. You you don't know what a quokka is? Oh god. Uh, let me pull up an image of a quokka to to listeners at home, who are, or <laughs> listeners wherever you are, who are not going to be able to see this. I imagine like. A stuffed animal that's almost like a teddy bear, but not quite. But the same shape and dimensions of a teddy bear, but but it's got like a little cute little nose, and it's constantly smiling. Okay, that's that's what a quack is, and I mean that literally. Look at these things. You you tell me this thing doesn't deserve to have a whole week? Okay, okay. I admit, I'm a little surprised that Disney hasn't gotten hold of one of these for their uh, 
dude, the Quaka King. Movies. Come on. <laughs> oh, the little nose just does it. It's like, oh, 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 God, <laughs> that. Yeah. What is that? Is uh, I make that face. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're kind of like smaller wombats. Uh, they're, I think they're marsupials. They're definitely in Australia. They're the one friendly thing in Australia. Yeah. I mean, you're, and we're not supposed to touch them because they will get, like, look, wombats are horrifying, but they're, quokkas are like small wombats. It's like, no, that wombat is horrifying. Okay. All yeah. wombats are not. Some of these look pretty cute. Okay. Yes. True. So anyway, the quokka is like a, a mix between like a wombat and a kangaroo, pretty much, or a wallaby. It's smaller wombats, and I believe I'm right in saying that wombats, uh, their poops are cubes. They have cube-shaped poops. That does sound familiar. Anyway, capybaras are also pretty fucking adorable. Capybaras are are cute, but they're like you got to imagine their size of like a, a medium dog. Yeah. I want one. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, you, you know, wet dog smell. Like, what's wet capybara smells? That any <laughs> I feel like it's better. Also, I feel like having an attack capybara is so much better than having an attack dog. It's true. Oh, here's one with a dog. But like the the face isn't the same. I think like with the with the quokka, it looks like it's smiling. Yeah. And, and with <laughs> capybara, it looks like it's just it's like what he's disappointed bro, in you, bro, which is what? comfortable for me. Oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> this is like yeah. What's up? What's up, dude? Okay, but Charlie, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but if you like take that exact capybara, right? With that same green background, right? Like nothing on it. And you watch that capybara stuck in that face eating soup, right? And you loop that for 10 hours on YouTube. Bet you you get half a million fucking views. Oh. I just don't. <laughs> just don't see it. It was so hilarious watching it in like real time, just stumbling upon this for a second. But if if I ran into it on YouTube, I would just keep rewatching it because it would make me laugh. I think, I mean, I have a lot of ideas about YouTube content that I would want to make. I think YouTube is, you know, despite everything, it's a massive platform and it, you know, it's rife for a bunch of creative ideas. And and I keep coming up with different ideas because obviously there's already cooking content there's already you know internet reaction content there's stuff like that but like some of the stuff i would want to do i would want to like like do a fictional show i think uh and one of the things i would like to do is just like what you could have like a long video like that but then like intersperse some kind of like spooky stuff in it so like the screen starts like moving or whatever you know just whatever just kind of and then put on a, a show but make that show haunted? Well, I mean, like, like, uh, so it, was, it would seem it was like it was like found footage, and you could, you could have it like this video was found in the woods or whatever, you know, that kind of thing, like the ring, where I'm just sitting here eating in front of the screen, and then suddenly like ghosts or something are coming out of the background. Oh yeah, just a whole. Just a whole looped series of like weird. Yeah. Have you heard of uh, SCP at all? Yes. Special containment protocol. Uh, for for those who don't know on the on the podcast who are who are listening, uh, SCP is like a series of fan based or or you know it's all community created content. And the idea is it's the files, the the working files of this organization called the SCP, the Special Containment Protocol, that there are these spooky artifacts or beings or something like that. And it describes them. And sometimes it's, you know, something 
outright evil and destructive and sometimes it's you know just slightly spooky or maybe even benevolent in some way um but there's a whole wikipedia and then there's people on uh youtube who just read the files just <laughs> and try and like provide that drama to it so like doing that kind of content would be kind of fun uh in its own way and if you want to do a whole section about scp files be fun we could certainly do that. I'm surprised, honestly, that the Jackie Chan Adventures did not pull from the SCP more. Yeah, yeah, that's almost yeah, that's kind of the same energy, right? Because it's all just it's the idea that just spooky shit exists. Like the paranormal is out there. Is it evil? Sometimes. Usually, it's just a thing existing the way it's supposed to. And yeah. it turns out that humans fuck up most of nature it sounds it's a, it's an awful lot like uh hellboy yeah hellboy it's kind of that same energy and then uh, uh i didn't even go so far as to say the witcher because and i know that's maybe maybe just me because i've been ingesting a lot of witcher content lately <laughs> and i'm just immersing a, yourself in that world it's really cool like <laughs> I like anyway, and it's cool that we have, you know, not just one medium. We have multiple mediums now to like watch. You know, it's to immerse into. Yeah, it's it's getting the, you know, almost the Lord of the Rings or the or the <laughs> Game of Thrones treatment a little bit. I don't know the Game of Thrones deserved the treatment. No, in the first place. Uh, but... No, but I mean, it's you know, it was a popular series. <clears throat> They tried. Yeah. It was good at the beginning. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <coughs> but, you know, in The Witcher, he has to hunt down these things that are unnatural in some cases, or sometimes they are actually already, they're supposed to be part of our world and not from the other dimension or whatever. And sometimes he kills it and sometimes he doesn't, you know? Yeah. It's kind of depends. Um... Bakamonogatari, which is easily the best anime ever. Uh, somebody come argue with me about that, please. <laughs> um, also works kind of in a similar way. Um, you, the, the story progression follows a kid that was uh, turned into a vampire, but had had it mostly reversed. Right. Um yeah, like they tried, as, but the, the super healing never went away, and it's just because the original vampire is still just linked to him in spirit, and she like lives in his shadow. But as you're following him along, he's helping these other people deal with their supernatural entities. And like the first one you run into is a girl who had been um, uh, molested by a cult that her mom was in and like she had um japanese tradition has a, a stone god is what they call it or sometimes it's called a crab god you know so it's got various ways that it can appear to people but what it does is it takes the weight of a moment from you so that you don't have to carry all of that emotional baggage the downside is that apparently essentially causes you to be weightless. So she weighs a total of like 0.5 kilograms. Ah. That's it. <laughs> and also is emotionally stunted as fuck. And so he eventually helps her confront a god and get those memories and, and that trauma back and have to work through it. But like at first, you know, they're like, oh, okay, so we have to kill this god. And the guy that's helping them do all this is like, no, don't do that. Please don't try to kill a god. <laughs> You're here to ask it very nicely to give it back. <laughs> and then sometimes the answer is, in fact, oh, yeah, this thing's fucked up. We got to kill this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There must be a. Maybe its own subgenre for <laughs> for this kind of thing. I don't know. That's cool. Right. Like, what is this called? <laughs> There's got to be a word for it. Animal control. <laughs> I mean, kind of. 
So anyway, uh, yeah, people dressing up as as costumes, people uh, dressing up, uh, you know, there's because there's conventions. I think I think that's why Disney is interesting or unique in any way, or in 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 this case because you you can dress up to go to a convention to celebrate like a show or video game that you like. But for Disney fans, you dress up and go to Disney (laughs) and you're just there and everything around you is already themed into Disney, right? You, there's no, yeah, it's just a year round convention. Yeah. There's no expectation that you have to, but you can, you can go. And at the, uh, the Disney Heroes and Villains uh, exhibition that I was at, uh, there was at least one person dressed as Snow White and, you know, maybe some other things. It was, I mean, it was really cool. They had the original Mary Poppins costume and the second Mary Poppins costume. (laughs) They had multiple Cinderella dresses. um, uh, From... Dorothy's dress. Which from- we we both agreed that the best Cinderella is the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. That's right, Rodgers and Hammerstein with Brandy and Whitney Houston. Is it Whitney Houston? It's a fairy godmother. Very cool. Uh, yeah, Whitney Houston was the uh, fairy godmother, and then um, George Costanza was in it. Uh, oh, Jason Alexander. Yeah. The the McDLT guy, the what? <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? This is actually this is up your alley because this is a uh, fast food item. Did you ever hear of the McDLT? No. Okay, so the idea of the <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna find the commercial here. Uh, the idea behind the McDLT uh, is that. Aren't you tired of getting a burger and then when you get home, your lettuce, like you're getting it to go, presumably. But when you get it, your lettuce and tomato that have been on the burger, they're now hot and wilted and no longer crisp and delicious. Okay. So the idea was, okay, we will now serve a burger in a double wide container with one side having your bun and the hot patty and cheese or whatever, and the other side having the top bun and lettuce and tomato on their separate. George Costanza would never let this go. He would never get behind this. Why oh. would you? Why would you hurt your character like this, Jason? Well, this is before uh, Seinfeld by a few years. There was TV before Seinfeld. <laughs> Oh my God, his hair. And he's like only as fat as I am right now. Okay, uh, here's the downside though. Cannot hear this. You can't hear it, okay. Uh, well, that, we've had this issue before and I don't know how that yep. solved it. But anyway, uh, anybody at home, you actually you you probably be able to hear the recording, so I'll I'll keep it playing. Uh, but anyway, basically it turns into a musical number from here. <laughs> used to be so mobile. Well, I wonder why we stopped wasting so much fucking. And speaking and speaking of Disney bounding, is this person right here? Then uh, you see she comes out with the the overalls. Like she looks, she's is she Ronald McDonald bounding? This red overalls, yellow shirt. I mean, maybe. And right there at the end, he's. Right there at the end, he says, could be the best tasting lettuce and tomato hamburger ever. (laughs) And I love the way they say that. Could be. Could be. 
You can't tell me that there's it a, couldn't be. You're saying there's a chance. So, so fucking fight me in court. <laughs> as, I mean, it's the same as like when you look at uh, if you're reading the newspaper or reading news sites and anytime there's a headline with a question mark it's just like awesome. Like <laughs> we don't know. You're asking us and and they could just say whatever and then put a question mark and then it was like well we framed it as a question so we don't know we're not and then saying. we answered it in the column down below <laughs> uh you nice. would hope i would no well, yeah maybe i'm not sold on the mulan costume i just saw okay anyway but i uh, figured while we're talking <laughs> while we were talking, oh, yeah. Go ahead. while we were talking about um, theme parks, stuff like that, because and the whole reason this came up is because one, I was at the Disney exhibition, and two, I will be going to Disneyland and probably Universal Hollywood in February. So I figured let's let's uh, take a look at some more news um, surrounding um, theme parks, and the first one I found. <laughs> Uh, is unfortunately, Chris, uh, Jesus Land is no more. The <laughs> otherwise known as the Holy Land Experience, which is a Jesus-based theme park. Is it in Utah? <laughs> you no, they they wanted this to compete with Disney World, so it's in Orlando. Oh, very close. No, launched twenty years ago by Christian Hebrew Marvin Rosenthal, a convert to Christianity and an ordained Baptist minister, the Holy Land Experience in Orlando was intended to outshine Walt, Walt Disney World. It didn't come close, not by a country mile. Despite reenactments of Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection, grinning goons dressed as Roman soldiers, a miniature model of first-century Jerusalem, and a stupidly named Trin It Mini Golf Course. The expected crowds of goggle-eyed Christians never turned up to the 14-acre park. It's a 14-acre park. It's sufficient numbers to make the thing visible. Uh, cash infusions, cost cuts, and an outrageous $50 entry free. Uh, I mean, that's nothing for most Christians, though. <laughs> They'll throw that shit at a mega church weekly. So I don't had, know why this didn't work. Had annual operating deficits of about $5 million. Uh, yeah, and and like the the reenactment of the resurrection is super bloody and uh, and weird. So anyway, uh, R.I.P. to <laughs> the Holy Land uh, experience in Orlando, See, Florida. I think if more people had known about it, it would have worked. Because you know how many people will show up just to just to mockingly watch. All of this, I know, but I'm not going to pay fifty dollars to mockingly watch something. When well, I'm then, you're not as petty as I am, and that's fine. Especially not when I'm like less than a mile from Walt Disney World. Come on, Walt Disney World's going to cost me way more than fifty bucks. It's true, and it could be dangerous. Just this past quarter, Chris, at Walt Disney World. A 27-year-old man with a pre-existing condition had a seizure June 29th after riding the Avatar Flight of Passage. Uh, Wait, like Blue People Avatar? Yeah. Okay. Uh, A 66-year-old woman fell and broke her wrist getting out of the Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion on April 12th. And on June 19th, a Disney Blizzard at Disney's Blizzard Beach Water Park, which is uh, there in Florida, uh, a 43-year-old man broke his ankle because he stepped into a tube uh, that was like under, like submerged under water on Team Boat Springs. Uh, so, yeah, d- dangerous. Well, those first two were just people being dumb, but that last one is a poorly designed park feature. Yeah. Well, not dumb. Uh, do people just having shit wrong with their bodies already and it <laughs> catching up to them is really what those first two were. Yeah. So, like, that wasn't on Disney, but that last one. What's he doing with his foot in the water in the first place? 
And so, okay, and then finally, uh, in the realm of theme park news, uh, this this one actually made headlines. Um, you want want to guess where this guy's from, Chris? Oh yeah, that's definitely a Florida man, isn't he? Florida man arrested for threatening to blow up Disney World executives. Well, hang on, let's hear him out. Yeah. <laughs> A uh, Florida man was arrested on Friday for allegedly making threats against Walt Disney World on Twitter, including that he was going to throw grenades into executive homes. Steve Jordan, uh, 31 of Seminole, or Seminole, was taken into custody uh, after a 186 tweet, 186 tweet tirade in a three-hour span on August 8th. Officials said at least two of the posts were aimed at Walt Disney World. Okay, but hang on. I want to stop us right here because if you looked at that man, okay, I want you to imagine, right, how this would go. That man, okay, that particular man walks up to you, right, and say you're a person who has access to explosives. If that guy walks up to you and goes, hey, I'm looking to launch an attack on Disney, can I buy some grenades? Like, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I don't think he can get them. I don't want <laughs> to. Yeah, where, where was he getting these things? Uh, where, yeah, where did he think he was going to get explosives? The now deleted tweet said, Disney, we will blow up all of your execs' houses with C4. And at Disney, I'll toss a hand grenade through their loft window. Uh, also made several threats towards Activision and its executives over the gaming company's sexual harassment lawsuit. So, I guess so this guy's okay. like actually trying to be a vigilante, is what's happening. His account was suspended by Twitter the next day. Detectives working with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement determined Jordan was the owner of the raging account. Great. Uh, But yeah, he, he didn't have any explosives. He was just mad or something. He didn't have any explosives yet. <laughs> yet. At the time that he publicized on Twitter that he was going <laughs> to blow up Disney, he didn't have any explosives on him. Right, because you got to formulate your plan before you can execute it. He, he basically did the monologuing thing on Twitter. <laughs> He's... Yeah, he's self-reported. I was uh, I was just recently watching a um, a show called Blind Spotting, um, and it's about um, I mean, essentially, you know, black kids growing up in Oakland, uh, in the hood and whatnot. And there's a guy on probation. He's got like the the ankle monitor and whatnot, and he's uh, helping out with this kid from next door. And the kid had messed up, like he kicked his mom and his aunt. Because it's in karate or whatever, and kids are fucking kids, you know? Yeah. Um, and so they're talking to him about it, and like, oh, you fucked up, kid. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. And he, one of them uh, is like, yeah, you should write an apology. And the guy who's on probation is like, no, 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 don't write anything down. Okay, that's called a confession. Okay, they can use that. Don't... <laughs> I'm like this guy should have just should have just watched some blind spot. I should have learned something. You don't you don't want to leave evidence. Forget. I think that's a Kendrick Lamar song uh, in Mad City. He says, "My mom said don't say anything." You know, like there was a description of same height, same age, same shirt, but I'm, don't say anything. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that me and Kendrick can have so much in common. <laughs> Mr. Lamar, I don't know where we are yet. I haven't met the man. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening. Uh, shout out to my, my buddy Tyler. Uh, he gave me 16 hours of rap and hip hop to get through. Uh, so I've been listening to that. Uh, it's, you know... it. Kind of been. I I know Chris that you have a particular taste in music, right? 
Um, so I've been, I've been trying to expand myself. I, you know, I think for a long time, especially when I was a kid, I think I got trapped into the classic, like, well, I'll listen to anything except for country and rap, which is kind of a weird, you know, and yet so common. It's a very common thing. And it's weird because it's like, so you won't listen to people from rural communities and you won't listen to people from minority communities listening to art. And I mean, that's to each their own. I'm just, you know, it's kind of just a pointing out thing. It's like, it's weird. Um, so, you know, trying to expand that. And I think, um, you know, I've, I've got a very wide and diverse listening base or you know stuff i listen to commonly uh already is kind of just like all over the place what i want to listen to so i'm like might as well just try something else and <laughs> i'll probably like it uh there's a lot of really good stuff out there and i think it's a genre that more than any other is like innovating and doing creative things whereas right now a lot of stuff that and, and i'm kind of wondering if this is like <laughs> I mean, they say that whatever you were listening to when you were like 13 or 14 is what you're going to listen to for the, or what you're going to like for the rest of your life. Um, but I, I kind of want, you know, I think so many people get trapped into like, oh, this was the best music is what I was listening to in middle school, high school or whatever. And that's all they listen to. And that's kind of what we've been dealing with for so many years. You know, it's like everybody's going to think that the older stuff is better. Um. But from a purely musical st- and, and not a nostalgic point of view, but from a purely, purely musical point of view, I think the most innovation is happening uh, in hip hop. Obviously, jazz is kind of a free thing. And now I think it's it, it represents one thing to in the popular mind, but it's kind of evolved and it's doing its own thing now. But in but in popular music, I should say. In, in like the stuff that you hear on the radio, I think hip hop is doing way more than just like everybody's same old pop music that we've been doing. I know you could say like Billie Eilish has kind of been doing new stuff too, but it's, it's not as engaging to me, I guess. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of experience with, the hip hop portion of what, you know, what we're discussing right now. Um, I do know that country music has like a hard split for me though. Like anything after 1995, but before 2015, like anything in that gap that's country, I probably don't like. Yeah. Because they just, I don't know, there was something where they were trying to imitate, I think, a lot of the same um, ideals that were in rap for a while, you know? Um, and it was just about, oh, glamorize, you know, the the being a farmer life or whatever, and, like, have no real substance in your art form at all, and not trying to make, like, a statement in it. You're just making music to make music. And that's what a lot of, because I mean, everyone's trying to make money doing the thing, you know? Right. Um, And I think for like a 20 year time span there, that was just the focus and there was no soul in country music for a while. Well, I think, um, you know, once Taylor Swift kind of made the jump and everybody noticed like how just, because she popped off, obviously, and she started Mm -hmm. started in the country world. So then you see this the whole industry or that you know a big part of the industry move away from you know what they've been doing for a long time to try and mimic taylor swift this is like okay we're gonna add the like snap beats in the back you know we're not gonna have drums we're gonna have electronic tracks like a pop song you know and we're gonna you know we can call it country because there's an acoustic guitar and it's basically that's all it's gonna be actually i watched a a, like a 20 minute video of this guy kind of dissecting it he's like it's in every you know popular country song 
like top 40 country song and it's because of it's the taylor swift effect you know possibly or you know just you know the trying to be pop effect yeah. uh, there and that's not to say i think there's always going to be musicians on the outliers of all the genres but what i should say is or or, or the way i'm going to generalize it and I, you can take this as you will but um it's vastly more commercial now i mean the, the music industry yeah. we, we know has just taken over stuff and you know it's it's what they decide you know it's the same you know 10 songwriters for a lot of the popular music uh, that's on the billboard because you know for a while there because those are the people that are making the shit that winds up on the charts yeah and and they could, it could be a songwriter that's selling their stuff to different artists you know, mm-hmm. they're just a, they're just a corporate songwriter. So yeah, yeah, I just pop out songs and send them to record company. They give it to an artist and they make it. You know, yeah. And I love that you know people like Bo Gardum like to just dissect all that shit. They're like, look, this is every country song you've heard in the last twenty years. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's why I, th- I think like in the in the rap and hip hop community, a lot of what you're seeing is people, you know, bigger artists like Jay-Z and Kanye and Drake and stuff like that. They then have the money to help out kids or, or people that they see coming up behind them. And they say, I was like, Hey, why don't you come feature on one of my tracks? Why don't you come, you know, I'll, I'll you can do a, a, I'll get you a single or I'll get you like an EP or something like that. Uh, we'll put you on a mixtape and then they'll like blow up. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> Um, so it, you know, because it's kind of coming from within and, and talent recognizing talent, it's the idea to be, or the drive to be more original. I think there's always going to be people who are not as original and that's a big part of, you know, people's songwriting is yelling at people who are <laughs> coughing your flow and <laughs> like, Hey, hold on. You, you know, but, uh, there, it, it's more of an underground uh community and it's you know it's built around uh enjoying original content and and having the most original content like you gotta have a good beat and you gotta you know not copy anyone's flame you know fucking yeah rhymes i mean i assume stealing other people's beats or lyrics is as bad for in their world as stealing jokes is for comedians like you yeah. just don't do that. You get crucified for that shit. Yeah, I mean, you can always uh, quote remix can, or whatever. Yeah, you can remix, but remixes now most of the, most of the time are sanctioned kind of things. Um, was the one I was just listening to is really good. Uh, East Coast remix. Uh, originally by ASAP Ferg, featuring Buster Rhymes, ASAP Rocky, Dave East, French Montana, Rick Ross, and Snoop Dogg. Like that's a, that's a lot of people. So you know, obviously, so that there's part of it too. It's like it's a collaborative art form. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I essentially yeah don't steal my shit. <laughs> yeah. I think that's cool, though. I think a lot of other uh, musical genres are lacking in that area. Like, I feel like, I guess, metal bands team up and, yeah. like, do I mean, shit like there's, that. There's always the idea of the super group. Um, but hip-hop and R&B lets you just flow interchangeably. Yeah, because you're, you're an artist individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I was kind of thinking about this, too. Uh, I was, I was uh, watching. I, this is totally related. This this is how my brain works, Chris. This is totally unrelated. I was watching this video on um, the oh, I was watching about the MythBusters, about Adam Savage and uh, Jamie Heineman, because right now they're auctioning off a bunch of props from the show. Oh yeah, because uh, their exhibition. Um, has just ended it was like ran for 10 years i don't know if you saw it but i saw it at omzi it was really cool they had a bunch of props there and a bunch of tests you could do yourself kind of thing That's um cool. and they're auctioning these things off to uh 
benefit the Grant Imahara STEAM Foundation, which goes to help educate kids in STEAM fields, science, technology, uh, engineering, arts, and math. Oh, okay, they threw arts in there. I was like, I thought it was STEM, but okay. Yeah, it's STEM, or is it architecture? Maybe, I don't know. There's an extra A. <laughs> I'm going to say it's arts because that's what I want to believe, but that, but you know. Probably not. Whatever. <laughs> but academics, uh, that's not a thing. Anyway, so they were talking about, um, I don't know if you saw the episode where they were trying to make paintings with explosives. So they I mean, know that sounds great. So Jamie built a thing and Adam built a different thing and they tried different methods of trying to, of getting explosives to paint for them. And they're, they're selling the paintings and, and if you, or they're auctioning off the paintings. If you win the auction, you can get one. It comes with a two pack of one Jamie and one Adam. So you can compare, but mm-hmm. the way uh, Adam was describing it in the video, he was talking about like, every artistic movement has eventually moved towards removing the artist from like at some point, every, every artistic movement. So the Dadaists and uh, all this stuff where they're they're removing the artist and they're just putting, you know, it's uh, creating itself as you know, in a certain Mm -hmm. way. So I was kind of thinking about that. If you think about jazz musicians, uh, jazz musicians were kind of the same way as hip hop musicians where they would, appear on different tracks they'd be in different bands you know so they're you know you don't talk about the not necessarily there are there are bands jazz bands but you don't talk about recordings the same way because you're you know you listen to the jazz radio and they're like okay that that was whatever song and it had this guy on drums this guy on bass this guy on horns you know and it was just for that album and then they would like flow around and, and do other stuff which i think uh, then we kind of got into ba- more into bands, so obviously rock and roll. So it was just kind of like Elvis. Nobody knows Elvis's bass player's name, you know, right. on, the top, on the top of their head. And then eventually it was, you know, uh, that was kind of, you know, it was it was the entity. It was not the individuals. Um, and I think then, so hip hop having individual artists. Um, but they, but they are just individuals, you know. Again, they were rap groups, and they still kind of are. But now, mostly, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm this guy. I've featured on this track, or whatever, you know. Yeah, I got my beat from this guy, but this is I wrote this. Most of that I learned from our experience working with Tristan. <laughs> exactly. How do we credit this? Here, you're going to put, this is my Beats guy. This is who produced it. I'm on lyrics. Okay, thank you. Uh, and, yeah. We should have Trista back on sometime. I like that. She was nice. Uh, anyway, Chris, we only have really one segment on this show. Oh, I'm sorry. Has this not all been one long fucking mental health check? And we're doing bad, guys. It's no, bad. <laughs> not really. I mean, okay, kind of, because we've, I don't know, this is just stuff that's been rattling around my head lately, but that's, that's not really like a check-in. That's just like a me getting off the first, like, if you imagine, <laughs> if you imagine that my brain is like a sponge that's just the stuff that i can shake off before i really squeeze it you know we'll give it a squeeze well i went out to see my family uh which was nice uh you know because i don't i haven't seen them for a while except for like my mom and brother came down and I've, I, I think I've said this before, and I, I know we have different experiences about going to our childhood homes, uh, but it kind of centers me. I mean, it's, I also just We're had We're going to see what it does to me. I know. It's on next week's episode. That'll be um, a few weeks, but yeah. A few weeks. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it was also just taking time off of work, 
which I hadn't done for a while either. Like there was like three solid months where I was kind of busy, which is, yeah, you know, partially good, but I, I think I got burnt out, especially with everything that was going on. Like it was, it was time to definitely uh, go, which that also happened this week. I no longer work at the commitments. Isn't that weird? Um, But yeah, it was. It's it's kind of hard to go and like see your family um, get old. Um, I think that sucks. Like my, I was hanging around my grandma. I love my grandma. I've you know been really close to my grandma for a long time. We're fairly close. We talk pretty regularly. Um, but it's hard to like now understand that a lot of her decisions and her thought processes aren't based on any logical <laughs> facts <laughs> you know it's just like well i don't know <laughs> you know just cut, making up stuff and and she's old she's 82 now and you know we had a, a long day and she's i don't know at, at a certain point there was like old person don't give a fuck but my grandma's yeah. still kind of neurotic too <laughs> so just she told us twice uh, on Monday, which is when I hung out with her. Uh, and then she told us again on Wednesday. And then she told me uh, when I talked to her yesterday that when she went to book club, um, they were talking about masks and stuff like that, which, you know, obviously for a lot of old people now is um, it's kind of hard to hear about. I, I'm sure. Um and they've been dealing with this, and you know, because COVID is pretty bad for old people, you know, number yeah. one. So anyway, they're talking about kids and and, and masks and, and masking at school and stuff like that. And remember, these a lot of the our older generation that are alive now lived through polio. I had to get polio uh-huh. vaccine, you know. <laughs> and you don't um, have polio, yeah. And so my grandma had this woman at her book club or book group or whatever. And she was saying, well, masks are bad for kids. It was like presented no evidence or, or logic behind it. Just masks are bad for kids. And then my grandma was just like, I suddenly don't know if this woman is vaccinated at all. Like, I don't know. <laughs> she just, they could have said that they were vaccinated and just not gotten vaccinated. Like, how do you say that? How do you say masks are bad for kids? No evidence. Speaking of places, we're in a good place to stop doing all this anymore. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, oh my god. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed any of your time today, uh, please join us again next week for another fine episode of Everything and Nothing. Hopefully with the guest. folks i'd like to thank you very much for hanging out and listening again uh and yes next week uh we will have a guest i know this this week was kind of a weird one uh i was just getting back from vacation chris is now going on vacation so we've got some we had to fill some air here but uh, you know thanks for listening next week join us for ash joiner uh being on the show good time and third time guest ash the J. uh you can listen to us here every Thursday uh, at 10 to 11 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. Catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else to get your podcasts. Please send us an email, everythingandnothinghot2020 uh, at hotmail.com if you want. Patreon.com slash everythingpodcast. Um, and we have uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're on all of those also, everything and nothing. Um, Follow us, share us, get people listening. Let us know if you want to be on the show. Uh, if you have interesting things to say, we want to hear them. Please. Uh, or if, even if you don't, because we certainly don't. Uh, <laughs> all right, we will see you next week. Uh, again, Ash the J will be here. It's going to be fun. Bye, everybody. Shady Pines Radio.